podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues. Three opinions. One Everton Podcast. Welcome to episode 122 of the Unholy Trinity Podcast, brought to you in association with Sports Social the UK's only dedicated sports podcast network, and also Fanatics. Delighted to say, joining me and Pete today for his, his first appearance on the show, uh, an Evertonian all, all the way from Wales. Lee will be devastated he's missing out because Lee is a, is a fellow Welshman. And that is that is Chris Hume. Chris, how are you this morning? Yeah, not bad. A bit tired. Um, I was uh, watching UFC um, for my other show, so I was you know, writing notes and stuff. So I think I was up till about four or five in the morning. So a bit tired, but over the moon with uh, obviously with the Everton score yesterday in the performance. Of course, mate. So we're going to come on to that obviously uh, fairly quickly today. Great to get back on the on the winning winning trail. But tell tell our listeners a bit about your other bit of work that you do because you got a, you got a fight a fight channel, haven't you? Um, yeah, it's called um, Big Fight Weekly. Uh, me and my cousin, uh, another fellow Evertonian, um, we started it. About this time last year, um, through the lockdown and never looked back really. It's been really good. We um, analyse not just UFC, the Bellators, uh, the One FCs. We go into boxing. Um, yeah, pretty much just combat sports altogether. Um, we've had a few guests on. We had uh, Steve Robinson. Don't know if you who that is. He fought yesterday on a boxer card on uh, Sky Sports. Uh, yeah, we had he, it. He came as uh, was he just as Ivan Drago. Um, no, um, but it was, we had a quite funny conversation about that, you know what I mean, um, how he really looks like him, and we're asking him, you know, did his mum meet, um, did he meet him at, like, some sort of comic con, because it's uncanny how much he looks like even Drago. Um, you know, big Newcastle fan as well, actually. Um, yeah, it, it's just that, it's just a bit of fun, we, we enjoy it, um, you know, with everything going on in the world, it, it's nice just to sort of have a, a conversation and have a laugh with, without any sort of constraints. Exactly right, mate. Yeah, exactly right. And it's a, uh, you know, I know, I mean, UFC, uh, mixed martial arts is, is growing all the time. It's massive anyway, but it seems to just get bigger and bigger and bigger. Obviously, Evertonians will be well aware of, of Molly McCann. Yeah. You know, she's doing fantastically well herself in the UFC and fighting again, fighting again shortly. Uh, where, where can he find you, mate? It's on, on social media. Um, you can find us uh, at Big Fight Weekly on Twitter. Um, you can find us uh, Big Fight Weekly on YouTube. Um, we're on TikTok apparently. I think my cousin covers TikTok. I have no clue. You know what I mean when it comes to TikTok. You know how to use it. I think he covers that base. Um, we're on Instagram at Big Fight Weekly as well. Uh, we're already sort of sort of coming onto these platforms. We've been strictly sort of Facebook and YouTube for a. Oh, good, like eleven months. It's only like over Christmas where we took a break. We thought maybe we should start, you know, bubbling into sort of other social media platforms, sort of get our name out a bit more. But yeah, that's where you can find us basically. Fantastic. So everyone listens to us. If you're going to see yeah, you mix martial arts, you boxing, make sure you follow you follow Chris and, and his uh, his social media handles. Give a bit, give the videos a watch as well. Um, but let's let's move move on. Let's move forward. Goodison Park yesterday. Frank Lampard's first game as Everton manager. Um, the first game of being two for the majority of the season when I was probably looking forward to en- entering the ground. The, the feel around had changed over the last week or so. Um, FA Cup fever had certainly hit Goodison Park. People couldn't get tickets for love and money unless you were a Brentford fan and you couldn't sell more than about 150 bad looks of their, their crowds yesterday. Um, Pete, what a way to kick off his, his Everton career for Frank Lampard. Absolutely, yeah. Bit, bit, biggest win by a, a, a new Everton manager in the first game, I believe. So, uh, yeah. no, no question, Frank. Right? Um, but, you, you know, before before the, uh, the the players came out, I was I was looking at the team sheet, and I think initially on, on Sky Sports, they had it down as a 4-2-3-1, I think, with, with Mikalenko right, right wing. And I thought, no, this isn't right. This is surely looking like a, a back five, back three. So I went onto social media to see, you know, if there was any sort of alternative, um, you know, squad list formations, and I couldn't believe the amount of people before the game sort of k- kicking off about the the shape. You know, I wasn't mm. playing it back fast like Rafa never left, and all. And I thought, gosh, you, you know, this game this game's got to go the right way for him, um, and I'm just so thrilled it did. But it 
it was such a transformation. You know, I felt really proud um, watching the performance because we looked like a football team again. You know, just the body language of the players. It was it was like you know, look, we're better than you, and we're gonna we're gonna beat you. We're gonna play. We're look, gonna look to get on the ball. We're gonna be comfortable. We're gonna try and play football. We're gonna be aggressive when we haven't got the ball. You know, he spoke really really well um, in the sort of the interviews and the the, the presses he's done. Um, but sort of before the game, Frank Lampard. But I, I think the, the team really followed through. You know, I think he's shown he's he's not just a good talker. It's not it's not just words. You know, his tactics were really spot on. Um, I thought it was such a great performance, and we've got to be careful not to get carried away. But there's just so much to be positive about, isn't there? So much to be positive about. I mean, I thought Andre Gomez just looked transformed. Really yeah. did. You know. It was such a confident performance from him. I don't know what's been said to him um, or, you know, what they've been working on, but he, he looked like the type of player that could be in the first 11 for us. Um, you know, he, he was really imposing in that midfield. Uh, he really got on the ball. So many positive things came through him. Um, I thought Mikolenko had quite a good game as well. And I was quite pleased for him, really. I thought he took a little bit of pressure off himself, just used the ball well, just played the right pass. Um and yeah, I, I just I, I thought I thought they were brilliant, especially when uh, Brentford got a goal back as well. You know that that could have gone the wrong way for us, but we just pushed on and we just kept going. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm oddly looking forward to Newcastle on Tuesday. Yeah, I, th- I think the, the the beauty of of yesterday was, like you said, Peter, it was important that obviously when when we saw the team sheet and we saw the formation, that we got a good result. I wasn't as Maybe as, as it should have been about about getting through. I wanted to see a reaction from the players. I really did. I wanted I wanted to see them go out there and want to play for the shirt. Uh, obviously, we wanted to be positive for Frank Lampard, but I did go the game as much as I thought to myself. Listen, if we don't win this, but we should be showing improvements. Tuesday's the big one. That 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 is what was in my mind. But I went to ground yesterday knowing we were going to win the game, and I haven't felt like that for a long, long time. I just knew we were going to win. It was written in the stars. You know the. The atmosphere was incredible um, when the players came out. The roar was was unbelievable. He played the siren for about half an hour, and then the siren cut off. He went on for that long, and then all of a sudden, dead cars kicked in after after a short period. I don't know what had gone on there, but it built it built things up even more. Frank Lampard got announced onto the pitch. Uh, I put a video on Twitter on our Twitter handle yesterday. If anyone hasn't seen it, and the reaction was just incredible again. You know, it was just it showed you. It was probably a bit of relief in a way that. We, we've now replaced the previous manager. We've now got a direction. We know where we're going. Um, so it was all built up, I think, to really help the players. And like the manager said after the game, you know, he knows what Goodison Park is like. He knows that the players, have, you know, how much they do need the fans. And when the fans are on side, you know, how how important we are. And and I think the team got the fans on side quite early. They were, you know, the, the energy was there, even if, you know, early on maybe the quality wasn't there. But as the game went on, the, the quality the quality came through um and you mentioned they're playing obviously three three at the back or five at the back and you know Rafa had done the same but it's not always about the formation that you play it's how you apply that formation so you can play you can play the same formation as the previous manager but it's the application isn't it and that's the difference and what what he wants us to do and we saw it yesterday is is be comfortable on the ball as he said in his um uh, his early training videos at the start of the week enjoy the ball. You've got Anze Gomez and, and Alan having a lot of the ball. You know, Alan tried a lot of things, I thought, yesterday. You know, a lot of passes, great assists for, for Richardson, but a lot of his passes didn't come off. But Frank Lampard said it'll come. It'll come with time. But we're going from a, a team that were ultra-defensive and looking to play on the counter-attack to now looking to control a game of football, have more of the ball and make things happen. And and I thought, I thought yesterday... It, it, as the game went on, I thought it really, really shone through. But Chris, what, what, what are your initial thoughts on obviously that performance and and how Frank Lampard got us to sort of more from a poor, or poorly instructed Everton team, say, to that scene that we saw yesterday? You know what? I I agree with what Pete said. When I saw the lineup yesterday, um, I was a, I was sort of scratching heads thinking. Oh no, three at the back again. Um, and Mason Holgate and Michael Keane, you know, they've been quite under par, haven't they, for the last couple of months. So I was a bit worried with 
with them in the back. Um, but I think changed. I think well, you know, as soon as we kicked off, I think we were a lot more aggressive. You know, in the approach of putting down the ball, as you said, um, the passing was brilliant to watch because you know the ball retention was so much better than it has been for a very long time. Where you know we were passing the ball and people were making runs. It wasn't just constant limping the ball forward up front, hopefully someone could get a, a, a knock on and we could get through that way. It was you know it was patience and but with a bit of aggressiveness with it. Um, I thought um, Andre Gomez, you said, and Alan were absolutely brilliant together, which, you know, in past games, they've not really gelled and it's not worked with them, you know, together in, in the midfield. But I thought them two were phenomenal, using Roberto Martinez's quote there. Um, but they were really good, spraying the balls, you know, on the outside, you know, in, into the middle, making people run off their passes, which we haven't seen in such a long time. And, you know, getting the likes of Gray and Gordon, which I thought both have a, had a fantastic game, probably 10, 15 minutes more into the game once they've sort of worked out what they were doing. And it was I just really enjoyed the whole sort of, it wasn't frantic per se, but just more measured. And like everyone wanted to, you know, wanted to win the, wanted to win the game. It was exciting to see. Um, future's bright, you know, from looking at that game. I know it, you don't want to jump the gun too much, um, but... Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Other than having to listen to Efan Okuku's um, commentary, I've, I watched it at home and he was so miserable. Uh, I, everything, it was just something negative about everything. And it was just, I had to turn it off after a while. Like, no, not the game itself, but I've turned the volume down because it was doing my head in, you know, just constant yeah. negativity. Um, because he was, was enjoying the game. It was, you know, I mean, we were up for it. It was something we haven't seen for Everton for such a long time. And having to listen to that idiot go on and on about I scored four goals here and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, shut up. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, uh, but I enjoyed it. Everton was just coming together. Um, I should say Mikalenko uh, probably had his best game in an Everton shirt. I know he's only played three games now, but he looked much more measured. As you said, he picked the right passes. There are a few things, obviously, he's got to work on his positioning and stopping crosses coming in. But, you know, you've got Leighton Baines and Ashley Cole, you know, two of the best left-backs in English football to work with him on that. So it, it's good. And it's, like I said, the future's bright going forward. And also it was great to see a manager on, on the touchline celebrating goals. You know, like the Duncan Ferguson was back when we played Chelsea when he was in charge in the interim. Um, it, it, I feel that like that brought passion as well. Just watching our manager get involved, punching the air, looking at the fans, you know, cheering. Um, that galvanised me as well, you know. Yeah, the, the reactions from the minds are on the on the sideline were, were fantastic to see. It's night and day, isn't it? You know, I think when you you look at it, an Everton manager, you, you look to feed off them more, you know, more than anything else. And you know, I was I was watching them, albeit from the top balcony, but I was I was fairly near the front of the top balcony. I was watching them throughout the game, and even just little things like like encouragements and you know, giving the players even if something didn't work out, he was he was sort of behind them, and you know, you know, try it again, try it again. I mean, there's a great thread. On, on Twitter, um, fantastic, a lad, it's, it's tactically Everton, people I'm sure who listen to the show will know him, he breaks down the games really, really well, um, and he, he goes through various little little passes of play, and what we were looking to do, and he mentioned, he talked talk about Alan and Gomez there, he mentioned about obviously them in particular at certain points, how our centre-halves were trying to give them the ball, even if it wasn't an easy pass, or even if they might have a player in and around them because the manager wants us to get to get used to that that style of football. Not just, you know, how many times in over the last few months have we just been playing long balls, you know, to get out of trouble all the time. He wants our players to be comfortable with the ball at the feet. And we've gone away from that. We've gone away from a possession football team. Uh, we, we as I say, we, it's always been even under Carlo. And Carlo had, had a lot more now and you know he he played he played his, his typical you know, Italian football, if you like, and, you know, it worked a lot of the time with Carlo, um, but even then, we would give up possession and look to say, to say counter, um, but it, it looked, it, it was better than what we were seeing under Rafael Benitez, but with Frank Lampard now, we're trying to change our style of play and trying to get us, us uh, used to having the ball a lot more. I mean, the, the stats for yesterday, um, in terms of the, the possession, Shots. We led the way in 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 all in all of those uh, different areas, which was you know I, I can't remember the last time I've actually seen us dominate a game. To be honest with you, I always felt we were in control. There was the odd time, you know, where we, we probably our own fault. We let we let Brentford back in, but you know you look you look at the the shots. There was a uh, we had fourteen shots. They've had four. One of them was a penalty. 
possession 56% to 44 um, and it's just for me it's just a, a really positive initial first game for, for Frank Lampard I mean if we go through the goals unfortunately we saw Ben Godfrey hobble off with a, what looks to be a, a pretty significant hamstring injury he was, he was carried off pretty early on um, so we'll await, await results on, on scans on that to see how bad that is uh, Yerry Mina comes on um, obviously a fantastic aerial presence, uh, but we saw him quite often because we played three centre-halves. Again, on that thread there, that was put out from Saturday Everton, it allowed one of our centre-halves to, to drive forward into space at times, and I was watching Yemi Mina, and he was he was, he was was trying to get forward uh, as much as he could during the game, and that was great to see, but he comes on, set-piece corner. How, how often have we been the ones conceding goals from set-pieces? Rolls reverse yesterday, great corner from the Mario Gray, yeah, you mean the big man, you know, comes on six foot five, bang goal, you know, and and great, great to get a goal from a corner, great to see, um, and it just, you know, it just sort of sets it sets us all up, didn't it? it uh, people started to relax, I think, a bit more then when we got in front, um, and I never, I never felt threatened at any point. But what did you, Pete? Did you, did you feel sort of pressurised or under threat at any point from Brentford? No, I, I always thought we were the better team and you always thought we'd, we'd look like we could get more goals every time we went forward. I mean, you know, the, we scored four, but there were a few chances, particularly in the first half, um, you know, before we got the first goal, where we were quite unlucky not to score from open play. Well, Anthony Gord had a great chance, didn't he? Um, sort of lo- lovely football again. He's coming side on his left foot. And he, he's dipped it over the bar, which was a great effort, wasn't he? And you look at Andre Gomez had the one where, which led to the corner, which then saw us saw us go in front. I think Richardson was he, he was played in, wasn't he, early and he went with the wrong foot for me and put it over the bar. So the, the positive signs were there, weren't they? Sort of throughout the first half. And as I say, I think the quality sort of grew. So yeah, so overall, I think the first half was was quite a, a positive half. And and we say we grew into the game and and like I said, Brentford just weren't really at the races for me. Um, but I think that was a lot. A lot of it was down to the the pressure that we had we had put on them as a team, as a collective. Um, you know, we, we weren't we weren't going full on press. The manager was saying we're not, not going to be a full on a full on press team, are we? People we just we're going to press in the right area. So when the ball was going wide as opposed to central, Gordon and Gray were going, weren't they? Well, this is exactly it for me. We played football. We, we play to our strengths. You know, if you look at the, the players we've got in that team, we're not set up for a defensive counter-attack. We've got too many good football players. Um, you know, never mind what that does psychologically to, to a player, to be asked to play in a certain way. You know, we maybe it's not helpful to keep making these comparisons, but given what's happened, it's hard not to. You look at that Chelsea game under Rafa, where we get that 1-1 draw, you know, playing in that way. And then we play Brighton at home. And set up again in the same formation. And you think that's what Lampard's got right here. He said, no, look, we're better than these. Get on the ball, play football, move the ball quickly, and you'll beat them. And that that gets the best out of these players. And you think that's that's ultimately for me what's won the game. It's you know, yeah, I'm sure there's lots of lots of other sort of tactical elements that we could focus on that are important, but it's that fundamental difference for me that he's allowed them to play. He's allowed them to get on the ball and to to be attacking and to be positive. And I think we've let too many teams into games by sitting back, being negative. And then all it takes is for, you know, a set piece to go the wrong way or for the momentum to, to start going against us. And it's so hard to recover. So I think starting the game off that front, put, front put, foot, you know, we're going to dictate play. We're going to get on the ball. We've got the better players you know, man for man, we're going to match you. When you're, when you're on the ball, we're going to press you. You know, come on to us, try and beat us. I think that's what every Evertonian wants to see. And I think that's why we got so frustrated with, you know, with, with, with Rafa. It wasn't just the results. It, it, it was the way we just completely capitulated against certain teams. We weren't just getting beat. We were getting hammered by sides. I think every Evertonian rightly knew that we could beat, that we had the players to beat to, to give a competitive game. And, it's you know it's nice to see us being so uh, so competitive again, so dangerous. It was good to yeah. see. Um, I think it was in the second half, maybe I think it was, and Gordon was telling uh, Richarlison and, and um, Great with his hand hand movement, saying, "Come on, get it forward, let's get it forward and pressurise these defenders." Because obviously, one of the 
a third goal for the for the corner was Gordon pressurising one of the defenders, you know, right at the side of their box, and you know that led obviously to Holgate's goal. Um, <clears throat> but you saw that, but it, you wouldn't have normally seen that with the Rafa get with the Rafa sort of team, would you? They sort of take that goal and I think probably move back towards our goal then, wouldn't they? And try and sort of hold that lead. Um, but you just saw the the confidence in all the players that I don't think I've seen for a very long time, personally. I mean, you're always hopeful, aren't you, when when a manager comes in that he can change something. Um, and I still have obviously reservations as to what the manager was going to do and, and what he could do. But like you said, like you said, Pete, we, we've got a certain quality of player there. And there's games this season that we've gone into. We set up a way. We've been defensive. We've given up ground and possession, and we've lost games to teams that we should never be losing games to. You know, Brighton is, is a prime example. Wofford at home is another example. We say this all, all the time, go over, go over these games time and again. You know, Brentford away, we shouldn't should be going there and playing that way and losing that game. There's so many occasions this season where we've been like that. And we know we've got a certain quality of player. And we know if you know, if you look at the at the teams on paper, we should be winning a lot more games than we than we have won. Um and the little tweaks that Lampard made, I say little tweaks. You know, the, the style of football is totally different. Um, these are professional footballers. They're playing at the highest level. I'm sure it won't take long for them to adjust and be totally comfortable, but it will take a little bit of time. Um, but like I said, it's not about the formation that you play at times. It's how you apply that formation. And what is the message in that formation? Is it a defensive message? Is it we sit and we invite them on? Or is it... We'll play exactly the same formation, say 3-4-3 three, three, or whatever, however you want to dress it up. But what we'll do is we'll press in the right areas and we will dictate play. And that's what he did. That's exactly what he did. You know, just this the second goal, talking about players trying to do different things. Alan, you know, great little, great little ball for Richardson. I was I was like, I had my head in my hands because every time Alan looking to make make a pass yesterday, it just wouldn't come off. And I said to my daughter this time. He just can't find anyone. You know, the application was there. He was trying a commitment, but he couldn't make a pass at all. But literally within 10 seconds, he did that. Great finish, by the way. There's no one else you want on the team in that position to, to stick that in. I don't know what the goalkeeper was doing, but it was, it was a fantastic finish from Richarlison. Um, and then, like you said then, Chris, look at the third goal. And it all comes from pressure from Anthony Gordon, doesn't it? You know, he was fantastic again. I thought, you know, the commitments he shows, the desire, the quality that he's, that he's got. He's only going to thrive under under Frank Lampard for me. Puts a defence under pressure, nicks it off them, crossing, great it's the shot, deflected out for a corner, not a set piece. Mina wins the first there, the Holgate there to stick it in from a few yards out. So what what happens though anyway when a new manager comes in is players will often think they've got a a, a clean slate, uh, a new lease of life if you like, and they can start afresh with a new manager, with a new coaching team. And quite often, Chris, that that is that will be enough of a reaction to get you through those those initial games, won't it? Yeah, but it's, it's the new manager bounce, isn't it? And I think you you see it over the years with teams when they've swapped the manager. That the, the the first game is they're all all the players are up for it. Um, it's a shame, obviously, we didn't get that with Big Dunk against Villa a few weeks ago. Which I, I thought we would have, but um, obviously that didn't come. You know, that didn't work out. But when this game. Everyone was seemed extremely confident. Um, like I said, when we talk about like the the passing of, of the play, um, like Mikalenko being a bit more confident, uh, Andre uh, Andre Gomez and, and Alan being more confident. Yeah, okay, as you said before, uh, passes didn't always come off, but there was the constant trying. They're not sort of thinking, oh, that pass didn't come off. Oh, I'm not going to try that. It, they tried again. I think there was in, this, in the first half, uh, Andre Gomez break through and tried to slip it into Richarlison and it didn't come off and normally you'd say when we've watched Everton uh, more more or less this season if they've done that we sort of break down and think well I'm not going to try that again now um, it didn't work out but we did we kept on trying those sort of balls the three balls sort of trying to link play in their box um, there's a few times I thought when the, when Gray sort of broke through on the you know outside the box and could I think could have um, passed it through to Richarlison but obviously selfishly he you know saw the goal and went for it but there was there was enough confidence I thought in that team but, you know, when they did try things, there wasn't a, a sort of, oh, I'm not doing it again. There was, right, we're going to try that again, but we'll do it, we'll do it differently. And I, I'm really excited and, and 
sort of happy to see that that everyone's confident and you know that has come down from Frank Lampard's sort of his tweaks and his tactics and obviously the, the coaching staff he's brought in you know a lot of highly rated guys um yeah I, I feel like you know going forward you know there's not going to be constant wins and you know it's going to be some small bumps in the road but I, I feel like if we keep going this way and obviously as you say we could go to this 4-3-3 that people keep saying that Frank, Park, Frank Lampard likes I'm, I'm intrigued. Um, you know what I mean, it, it wasn't my first guy that I would have sort of picked, but um, I'm definitely behind his his um, appointment. And and after watching yesterday, I'm you know I'm really excited to see you know where we go forward. You know, not just this season, but next season as well. Yeah, it's going to be obviously. It's it's hopefully going to be a, a long term appointment. Um, I said this, I think last week, if he's there, when we get to Bramley Moore, then he's obviously doing a very good job. And that's exactly what we want to see. Um, he's, he's got all the tools. Coaching seems fantastic as well. He's learning all the time as a young manager. Uh, different ideas to what we've we've been used to. Um, so I'm excited to see where we can go. I really am, as we said, early days. Uh, but... The, the gloss, the gloss on the performance against Brentford was obviously the Andros Townsend goal. Mm. Three substitutes combined. You know, you, you look at a Chen Tosson come up, came on for his what, what three or four minutes appearance, and but managed to, uh, to to get involved with the goal through a Wobi little flick, and then Andros Townsend. No one you'd want to sort of eighteen yards out uh, than than Andros Townsend. You know, sticks it in in the goal and great way to round off the, the performance, Peter. You know, to come away with a four-one win. Like you said, biggest ever win of, of any new Everton manager in the first game. It rounded things off nicely, didn't it? And and gives us a you know a fantastic platform going into Tuesday now. Yeah, four goals, four different scorers. Um, you got to to involve a lot of what what we might call our our sort of second string, and hopefully build their confidence and help them feel that you know they're involved and they've got a, a shout and you know that they can have competition for places. So. It's something of a dream start. I can't remember how many exactly, but I'm sure I read there was something like 30-odd passes in that move, you know. I think it was. I think it was 30 passes was what I read as well. Um, and it was going you know, all around all around a pitch, most players touching the ball. Again, another sign of he, he wants players to be to be comfortable with the ball at the feet. And it's just great to see. It was a lovely, lovely bit of football, wasn't it? And just, just being calm on the ball. I know the game was gone and won at that particular point. But even so, it was nice just to knock it around, you know, look look good doing it, look comfortable doing it. And then when when we sort of see there's a chance to get in, we expose them, didn't we? And and we and we were we were really, really good in, in that particular department. So, you know, when when we thought there was a chance, we made sure we put that pressure on, played the right ball. I think it was Gomez flipped the ball around the side for for Chen Tossen, didn't he? And Tossen brings in a Wobi and lovely little run from Andros Townsend and and it's a goal and all, all signs yesterday were massively positive. Uh, fantastic to see us win a game, first of all. Fantastic to see us win a game and score four goals. And great to be in Goodison Park, where you've got all supporters on side, all supporters united, uh, because the crowd didn't stop for the majority of the game. Even when we conceded the penalty, the Everton fans were behind the team straight away after it. I'm sure that the players fed off that. Because how many times have we folded in the past when we've when we've conceded a goal like that? So great to see. Best atmosphere I've experienced at Goodison Park, I think, for a good few years, to be honest. And how long may that continue? But the hard work continues, you know, games coming thick and fast again. Massive game Tuesday against Newcastle United. I don't think they haven't played a game for something like 19 days. I think someone was telling me yesterday. Um, so they've had a, had a long break brought in numerous new players as well. And we're going to discuss that game after this short break. Welcome back to the second part of this week's Unholy Saints podcast. Where, like I said, we're going to have a, have a chat now about Tuesday's upcoming game against Newcastle. Massive game in the grand scheme of things. We, we've had our eye on this game for the last couple of weeks, knowing that the FA Cup was coming up. Um, obviously excited about that. We know we're not in a great, a great league position, which we need to rectify and rectify quickly. And our first chance to do that under Frank Lampard comes Tuesday at St James's Park against Newcastle, who are currently sitting 19th in the table, only four points worse off than us. 
um, we're four points clear of the, the relegation zone as as things stand. Um, Chris, this is this is one of your typical relegation six pointers, really, isn't it? Like if we're going to be brutally honest, we're in a poor position, and we dare not lose that game. You don't want we don't we don't want to lose that game because inevitably we'll get dragged deeper and deeper into that battle. And um, this is a good opportunity to you know take three points and have some sort of semi breather between us and the bottom three. And as you say, is keep that confidence going into the, the next game against Leeds. Um, but you know they have bought some okay players. I, I think people rave about um, you know Bruno Grimish and and say you know how good he is in France. I think he's okay. I, I don't believe the, the, the massive hype. I do watch a bit of French league football and I know a bit about him on Football Manager. But um, but you know he's a talented player. But he's still got to get to grips with the Premier League. Um, and that, that all these players they bought have also got to gel as well. And as you said, they haven't played for 19 days. Um, I, I probably think they're a bit more worried now, thinking they probably looked at us yesterday and how confident we played. And obviously now we've played a game before we've played them. So, you know, we've had we've had a game under our belts and the confidence is brimming. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I feel like we can go there and challenge them. Um, and I think we can comfortably bleat them. Um, it's just obviously, it, it, it's it's not obviously falling into that trap where we get too comf- overconfident and, 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 we, and we get rolled over. I don't think we will, but, you know, being an Evertonian and and seeing these things time and time again, you do have that sort of little bit of negativity. But I, I'm fully confident after watching yesterday. And obviously, like I said, we've had a game under our belt now. Um, I, I, I think that they'd be more worried players than vice versa. Yeah, I, I think you're right. You know, when you when you have a, have a long break, sometimes it can be to, to the detriment of the team. That's for sure. I know we'll, we all obviously missed the game last weekend. Um, but at least we've had obviously the FA Cup game in between as well. So sometimes it doesn't help sides. Sometimes it does. Um, they, they made a few signings, um, obviously in and around deadline day. Obviously that the Bruno that you mentioned that you mentioned there. Um, they got in was it Dan Byrne from from Brighton came in, and then Matt Matt Targets from from Aston Villa. I think I was going to say Jerry Taggart then, but that was a. That was many, many moons ago, Jerry Taggart was playing for Leicester City. Um, so, yeah, so they've obviously got, got some new faces. That obviously gets the fans up, gets the fans uh, excited, of course. You know, we, we understand that. Um, but ourselves, Pete, you know, we, we look ahead to the game. Obviously, great performance against Brentford to, to get the win. Two new lads, well, three new lads, if you like, chopping at the bit to, to get in that start 11. You know, we're... Uh, Denny was there yesterday along with, with Donny van der, uh, van der Beek. You've got El Ghazi, who, who's waiting as well in the wings to come in. Potentially Dom. Dom could be could be fit for the game. You know, we could be looking to make a few changes there. But do you think the manager will look to make changes for the game? Or do you think that those that played the majority of the game against Brentford will get the nod? I was about to say just, just that, really. that I think given how well we, we played yesterday, it gives him a... Uh, a, a good problem to have. I think it gives him a bit of a dilemma, really. Um, I mean, from what we know about Lampard, you'd think he'd look at Newcastle and think about what system do we need to play to beat them. Uh, and I think given the, the way Newcastle tend to set out with a with a back four, we'll probably uh, see a, a 4-2-3-1 um, or possibly a 4-3-3. A, a three, three. Maybe being away from home, you might go with the, the, the double pivot and, and play uh, one of Van der Beek or Ali, I'd be surprised if he put them both in. I think it would be a bit, it would be too much to, to start them both. I think then you are in football manager um, territory. I, I imagine if one of them came in, it, it would probably be Van der Beek because I think he's, though he's not had a great deal of minutes for United, um, he's probably had a, a little bit more football than Deli Ali. And when he has played, he's, he's probably um, been a bit more comfortable than, than Deli Ali. Um, but I, I, th- I think it's a weird game. I think it's a really, really unpredictable game because you'd probably say this is the worst time this season to be playing New- Newcastle. You know, yes, they've had a break, but they've got, you know, fully rested squad, new signings that have come in, bit of time to work with them in training and, and uh, embed them in. Confidence is, is probably the, the highest it will have been for them. Um, you know, new manager, they've managed to, to get a win. Uh, Because I think they'd only had one win all season before Eddie Howe came in. 
Um, and I, I do think they bought well, you know. I, I know some fans might have been a bit underwhelmed by you know, the likes of Byrne, Chris Wood, Target. But I tell you, Matt, Matt Target's a solid player. Really good player. And, you know, don't forget the only reason he's gone out on loan is because Villa signed Luca Dean from us. So that means he's he's guaranteed to do something effective in the game. Um, I think I think Trippy is a shrewd signing as well. Um, I, I think it'll be a really hard game, and I think there could be goals galore, you know, because as well as we played yesterday, there were a couple of moments where I thought a better team might have punished us there. I thought we got away with maybe um, two or three slightly uh, so sloppy or rusty passes across the back line where you think a better team might press us a little bit harder or um, if we did give the ball away on our own half. And it didn't happen a lot, but it, I think it happened enough where if you were playing a top, top side, we might have found ourselves getting a bit more punished. Um, so I'm hoping we we can just get in and play the way that we, we played at home, you know, looking to dictate the play, get on the ball, go in with the attitude that we're better and we should be winning um, and get the first goal, hopefully. Yeah, I think I think it's first goal is always crucial. We said it all season, and you know it was nice to actually take the lead yesterday in the game uh, because we haven't done that very often uh, over the course of this season. And I think that's you know maybe the players will show more resilience if they if they go behind now under a new manager. You know we don't know until until it happens, I suppose. But it's it's going to be it's going to be one of those games on on a bit of a knife edge. You know I think you know we've got the quality to to beat a Newcastle side. You know like you say. With the with the new lads, whether he he throws in one one or both or or all three, but I can't see El Ghazi starting a game. Um, I think both uh, Anze Gomez and Alan would would be or would feel really unfortunate to, to lose the lose the role in the team. Um, but I mean Van Van der Beek has not played a lot of football over the last sort of four four to six weeks, to be honest. So whether he's up to speed, who knows. Has Denny played much football? No, not really. You know, he's been a bit part of that Spurs squad. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see, you know, can, you know, what, what impact can they make? Will it be from the off? Who's going to miss out? Uh, we know we'll have to obviously uh, change things up because there's no Ben Godfrey, which is a real blow. Taking someone like uh, who's and he's really quick. So worry a little bit about that. Um, young Mina, ideal against like of Chris Wood, height wise. Um, so he'll be he'll be in there. I'm sure Michael Keane again, good in the air. So for those for those sort of bigger players for Newcastle, it'll be absolutely ideal. But I just hope that we can take that confidence and and, and show our quality against Newcastle. Um, I, I really do it. If ever we've we've got to win a game, that's the game. You know that instantly. A win there relieves pressure, and that pressure is then off. You know, and the man just come in. He's won his first two games. The feel good factor continues. The players believe even more in their own ability. You know, the, the new lads are then going to be, you know, in and around the team a lot more, and, and gradually getting more and more game time. You know, hopefully Dom's back fitted. If we win the game, it's massive. If we lose it, and then they go a point behind us, then we're in trouble. You know, I, I don't want to. I don't want to catastrophize things, but we are in a difficult position. And this mind is not just going to come in and wave a magic wand, and we're all going to be fine again. But it's it's huge, um, and I just hope that we can take that that little bit of confidence that we gained against Brentford into this into this game. Um, but what are you thinking, Chris? What what do you think it's going to how it's going to finish? Uh, you you're talking about um. Players to get like Mina against Woods and, and Michael Keane against the big players. Um, I, I do worry about St. Maximin and I worry about him against the likes of Seamus Coleman. Um, you know, if he does play on the right wing of him, they usually sort of move him to the middle sometimes, don't they? And he goes off behind the striker. Um, but I, I think if you look ahead, I, I think confidence from yesterday's game, we move forward with that. Um, yeah, as you say, Donny van der Beek could move in and he could go to a 4 3 3, couldn't he? Um, and use that high press. Um, I, I, I'd probably go with more so towards, like, I think, a 2-1. I don't think it'd be such goals galore, but you never know with, with, with these sort of games. Um, I think we, we've just got to keep the confidence and, and the pressure and all the sort of 
the great things we saw yesterday when we go there and 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 put them under pressure and put them on the back foot and pro- try and nick a, uh, an early goal and you know and then they've got to sort of feel the pressure of you know their fans and that their thoughts that they could get relegated and if we can sort of make them feel like that I feel like we could get we could get a good win there and and, and start to push up the league. Yeah, PC on board with Chris. Do you think it's going to be an Everton win? I think it's going to be an Everton win, but I'm standing by my um, goals galore prediction. <laughs> Big pitch, St. James's Park. And I think what that means, if you, if you go there and you try and play football, the space. So I'm saying 4-2. Oh, Jesus Christ, P4-2. Uh, oh, that's, that's good, though. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's on, it is on a slant, though. I always say this. The pitch is on a slant. So if you're kicking from left to right, do it in the second half when you're a bit more uh, retired and it'll help you. Um, I think we'll win. I do think we'll win the game. I'm, I'm, I'm like you, Chris. I think, I think a bit tighter. I don't think it's going to be comfortable by any stretch of the imagination. I just think the extra quality that we've got within the squad will will see us through, you know, and that that, that extra bit of belief. Um, and maybe, like you said, maybe us winning, winning at the weekend and beating Brentford 4 1 has raised a few eyebrows at St. James's Park. And, and then I was thinking, hang on, we, we, we're going to be facing a team you've got no kind of form is in the doldrums and, and and sinking rapidly to a team who've now changed the manager. It feels fresh. It's all new. One last game comfortably. Players are all on board. Everton this week is a different proposition to Everton three or four weeks ago. So I do think we'll win the game. Difficult game. Um but one one that we like I said early on, we we dare not lose. Um but we're gonna round off the show in a minute. Just have a have a little chat about what's after Newcastle and the importance of those those next few games. Hopefully, as I say, we can keep we can keep the the winning this winning run going or this winning habit going, should I say? But a couple of uh, really important games post Newcastle, and we'll discuss uh, discuss them after this short break. Welcome back to the final part of this week's Unholy Saints podcast, where, like I've said, post Newcastle, we've got a couple. I hate using the term winnable games, but that's what they are. Maybe what they weren't before, before we've made the managerial change, but what they certainly are now, in my opinion. Um, but I've got to go into them in loads of detail. But the important thing here, Pete, is to look at them and you know make reference to the fact that if we can... Win, the, win those two games, if we can win the next three games, which is a big ask, it's a big ask, but if we can win the next three games or even go through those next three games and pick up, say, five points or six points, that will really go a long way to securing, obviously, our place in the Premier League, but also making sure that the players then start to believe in, in the quality that they've got and what the manager's trying to do as well. Definitely, and you know, it means we can go into that Manchester City game, hopefully not feeling under tremendous pressure to have to get something from that game or, um, you know, to, to not get turned over. But I, I think the next three games, three really difficult games, you know, I, I don't think you can look at league position and, and you know, make assumptons. Or I think there's a lot of Ever- Evertonians who will be looking at the next three games thinking, well, that's, we should have nine points there. You know, we should be winning all three of them. I mean, Leeds are a bizarre team in that even when they get beat, they still give you a really tough game. Mm. You know, because of the way they play and the way, and the way they coached. And I, I think Leeds' downfall this season has just been a, a bit of bad luck with some key personnel because you, you look at their squad and you wouldn't say they're, they're a squad of Premier League players. They've got three or four very good players, you know, like Calvin Phillips, Harrison, Bamford, who um, you know has really struggled this season with injuries. Obviously, Rafinha is probably the the, the one that uh, people would pluck out of Leeds for the their own side the most. But they're going to give us a really hard game, a really physical game, um, and Southampton as well. They're, they're a funny side, and they're either on or they're off for me. They, they can give anybody in the league a, a game on the day. I've, you know, how many times have you seen them um, surprise Manchester City or? Just dig the heels in and become really difficult to uh, to, to to beat. But then other games to go completely missing and can get absolutely turned over. So 
there's so many unknown quantities and like we were just saying about Newcastle Lampard's got a bit of a dilemma in figuring out who his best team is and you know is he going to be the type of coach that is sort of has the pragmatism of Carlo where we might see different systems week to week and players being rotated or is he going to be the type of coach that looks to set us out with like an Everton identity and a particular way that we look to play in most games and you know, all of these sort of variables are going to unfold over the next few weeks. And I think for the neutral, it's going to be a lot more interesting and uh, exciting than it is for most Evertonians. But I'm, I'm quietly confident that, as you say, Mike, we can come out of those games with hopefully six, seven or, or possibly even nine points. But I think they're going to be three really, really tough games. And um, I think we'll need a bit of luck with our squad as well in terms of injuries. I think we, we've got to learn, haven't we, as fans, especially this season, that winnable games, like I said, just at the start of this this particular section, you know, there's no such thing as a winnable game. Um, we have to sort of taper our expectations, I think, sometimes, um, especially as, as I see what we've seen this season. Um, but I'd still like to think that what we've got within the squad now, especially with those acquisitions that have been made, um, especially with the the, the change of style and the application of the tactics that the manager is looking to bring in, that that will bear fruit even more as the season goes on. Um, the, the sooner that we can get points on the board, the easier that it will be for, for the players to set up and, and to feel confident because you've still got that element of pressure because of where we are, how many points we've got. The fact that these three teams that we're going to be playing over the next three games are in and around us, really. I mean, Southampton are a little bit further clear, but like to lead it, you know, one place above us. Uh, Newcastle, as I say, are only four points below us. So these these next two games, more than more than anything, uh, will go a long way to, to sorting things out. But how important is the squad going to be, Chris? Because we mentioned the quality that we've we've managed to bring in, the quality that's been there throughout the season for me. You know, we, we've the likes of Demario Gray is having a really good season. And Tarnley has scored seven goals. Richardson's found in a bit of form. You know, we know Dom, Dom will score goals once he gets back to full fitness. The quality's always been there, but how important is it going to be to utilise the squad and the squad players over the next few weeks as well? It's um, it's obviously keeping the confidence, obviously, from the weekend, isn't it? And obviously, um, fingers crossed, we can keep majority of the players, the key players, fit now to the end of the season. Obviously, unfortunate for Ben Godfrey, and then hopefully, you know, we find something out either today or tomorrow and it's not long-term because obviously we need him, you know, in the back line. But, you know, it's it's keeping that unity, isn't it, within the players and, and going off what Frank Lampard sort of preaches in training and, and explains, you know, and I think as his fans need to be a bit, of, to give a bit of patience, you know, guiding through this. Um, but going forward, you know, if, like I say, if we can keep Richarlison, um, Dominic Calvert-Lewin fit, we can keep Alan fit. So obviously I think we need to keep Alan fit. The Corey not being there um, and being that sort of sole protector as well, um, it, it, it's sort of, he's priceless in that middle, isn't it? Because we don't have anyone else that can chase and pick a ball up and break up play like Alan, other than Decore. And it's keeping these sort of key plays fit. And like I said, but keeping that confidence and, and, and the flow of confidence going forward where, you know, we can go to the likes of Newcastle and hopefully we can pick up a win. Then then we've got Leeds coming to us. It is Leeds coming to us, isn't it? Yeah, I am right there. Yeah, Leeds, yeah, Leeds coming to us next well, year. I, I, I think, though, as well, though, you can look back at um, when we beat, when we drew with them 2-2 um, last season, as well as this season. And I think there's, there's sort of ways we can attack Leeds. Um, you know, last season when we, we went there, um, we sort of pressurised them and high-pressed them, didn't we? Um, unfortunately, Rafinha seems to like playing against Everton because he likes to always score past us, doesn't he? But I feel like if we put like the likes of Leeds under pressure, um, they they buckle a bit. Um, but like I said, they, uh, Pete said before, they're, they're never out of game even when they're losing, and you know we have to be careful. Um, and obviously, going forward, Southampton, as you say, we beat them first game of the season, and obviously things have changed between like us and them, but. I feel like it's just confidence, isn't it? Keeping these players fit, keeping them happy. Um, Frank Lampard sort of tuning up what he wants out of the team. We've got, obviously, as you say, the three new guys, El Ghazi, Donny van der Beek, Deli Ali, to sort of put into, into the sort of 
the formation and I, I just think, like I say, it, it's keeping these players fit, keeping them happy and organised. And I also say patience. I think patience is the main thing here. I know we want wins and, and I know we, do, we want to get away from relegation zone as quickly as possible with only having, what, 18 games left. But I feel like we have to have that patience where, you know, we're not always going to go into a game and beat a team, even though they are winnable games. But as you say, not all games aren't really winnable these, these this day and age. I think anyone, any, uh, looking at you know, the last couple of seasons, anyone beats anyone these days, unless you're Man City or Liverpool. But, you know, they, they've been beaten by lesser teams, per se. But like I say, it's just confidence and, and patience. And let Lampard put what he wants into the team and, and, you know, and we can just push on and keep that confidence. I think I, I keep saying confidence, but I think that's like the main thing, isn't it? It's the confidence going forward. Most definitely. And I think that the, the, the key message there, which is totally correct, you know, we, we can't go into every game and expect to win it. Just because we've got a new manager, we're not going to win every game as well. Um, and we've got to have as much patience as we can over the, the next few weeks, especially, you know, to, to make sure that we're back in the team and understanding that he's, he's trying to change things for the better and it will just take a little bit of time for players to adjust to what he wants to do worked really well yesterday but like you said Pete maybe against the better side a couple of times where Brentford got in didn't he um, especially on our on our right hand side Ivan Tony got did it for the penalty but another couple of times he was he got in exactly the same position and, and caused problems so little little things that that will obviously uh, will be working on, I'm sure, but we'll take a bit of time just to adjust to. Um, but I just feel that the next the next sort of couple of weeks can go a really long way to to shoring things up in terms of our, our Premier League status, first of all. Um, but also, you know, it's, it'll give Frank Lampard a really good idea about what he's got to work with when, when the pressure's on and, and who can handle the pressure, because the pressure's there, of course, and it goes one or two ways either we we relieve that pressure a little bit and sort of by the back end of February when we face Manchester City at Goodison Park, that is more of a free hit and, you know, there's no real pressure on that game. Or the players struggle a little bit and we, we come out of the next few games, maybe you would say two or three points and, and the pressure is then still on and that City game has got a fair bit of riding on it. Um, so it's going to be intriguing to see. Um, like, like you've, you've mentioned, you both mentioned already, that the confidence, I think, in, in the fan base is, is returning a little bit, even after just one game. But the feel-good factor is certainly coming back. Um, it feels like a weight was lifted yesterday. Um, the, the connection between fans and players was was certainly back. Um, so I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful the next, the next few weeks we can see Everton pull themselves away from, from trouble. And, and hopefully we can go into their march in a much better position and and looking looking up and not looking down. You know that's the key thing. That's that's not that's not um, if we do win these games, let's not rest on our laurels. Let's keep pushing and pushing and see what we can do for the rest of the season. But a big few games ahead. We've said it so many times this season. We've had a lot of lot of chances to get ourselves out of trouble. Games that we should have won and either threw away or didn't turn up and. You know, mistakes are being made, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It's time to, to sort of wipe that slate, slate clean, and and as I say, push on and, and and get up the table, and don't be looking over our shoulders. But that that's us for this week, Chris. Really appreciate you taking the time and uh, coming on the show this morning. Thanks for having me on. I uh, really appreciate it. Welcome, welcome anytime, mate. And we will be back ourselves next weekend uh, post Leeds United, looking back on and hopefully a, a winning week. For the blues, so we will uh, we'll catch you then. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues, three opinions, one Everton podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.